welcome to season two, episode five of Baki Taki Hand Pockets. It's one of the best titled episodes. Um, this isn't like Slash or Dad. It's a very specific title, uh, and it has a lot to do with what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Um, and the fun thing is, for the first time in a while, we have a new guest on the podcast. Uh, say hello, Tim. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Good. Good. I'll answer on behalf of everyone. Um, it's going good. Um, Amazing. So, Tim, uh, I have a few questions I like to ask all of my new guests. So, first off, just so the audience gets a chance to know you, uh, what shows are you currently watching? Other than Baki, of course. I'm currently watching Wednesday, and uh, when I need something nice in the background, uh, Futurama, and it's always Sunday. Uh, always sunny, sorry. Watching Wednesday and it's always Sunday, very calendar theme. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday was good. I, I, I watched, that was one of those shows like uh, Lindsay was watching and I, I caught most of it in the background. But uh, Right, right. I think I'm on episode like four or five or something right now, um, but it's, uh, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. So, second question for you. Before coming on and uh, watching your episode, what did you know about Baki going into it? Uh, it's funny, I was actually talking to a friend last night, because uh, you'd mentioned this podcast before, mm-hmm. and I was telling them, uh, I, was, I was like, oh yeah, you know, my friend's got this podcast about this anime, and apparently it's one of the longest running animes, you know, but it's not One Piece or whatever, and then another friend that knows you jumped in and said like, actually, Tim, you're completely wrong, uh, it's a relatively new anime, it's a Netflix original, and uh, he's mm-hmm. producing it because it's not been running that long. Uh, and so I, uh, I can say that I know nothing about it, or I knew nothing about it coming in. You know what? You're close though, because I've said the same thing. It's one of the longest running manga in the world. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. See, like I, I was wrong, and then I looked at it on Netflix, and I was like, shit, or shoot, I guess he's right. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, that clears it up for me. So yeah. Okay. Perfect. So let me. Well. Let's talk about what you learned in the episode. So this is another great episode. The Raitai tournament is still going on, and we have quite a few ta- uh, fights to talk about. Uh, the first one up is, of course, uh, we started it at the end of the last episode, uh, Mr. Oliver versus uh, Shobun Ron, or Mr. Unchained versus another guy inexplicably named Mr. Unchained. Um, <laughs> so, Tim, can, can you walk me through how, the, how this fight starts off? Or what? What were your first impressions of what was going on? Well, I, I was honestly watching the opening title sequence, uh, oh, the theme course, song, and I was trying to figure out who was the the main character throughout the entire theme song, and I narrowed it down to two guys. Uh, I can't really describe them because uh, really, just everyone is impossibly muscular. Yep. But uh, you know, I, I found the main character at least. So when anyway, so when I uh, started watching the episode, I saw these two guys, and I knew neither of them was the main character. When uh, it kind of cut off to the side, I figured it out. Uh, yep. But uh, essentially, it starts off, and we have uh, one very muscular American man, and uh, one man in uh, not a speedo, I guess. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't know exactly the garb that he was wearing. Traditional Chinese but... garb is what we were. Calling yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Not quite a suit. It's more like a Chinese garb, I would say. But he had his hands in his pockets. Uh, not sort of in a defensive or even fighting looking stance mm-hmm. and uh, you know the audience is confused his sort of lackadaisical you know 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so the the audience is confused. His opponent is confused. The uh, the big American guy, um, and they sort of call him out for it. And it turns out that it's not uh, a vulner a vulnerable stance at all. It's actually um, a stance in which he's always at the ready to strike. Uh, he seems to know a lot about. It, it seemed as though he was a very targeted fighter. You know, sort of uh, striking at the throat and in like yeah. very specific specific joints. But yeah, that's and, essentially how it uh, how it started. Yeah, so hand pockets, um, or as they call it in this show, EI, um, which I originally thought might have been employment insurance, or uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of term for it. <laughs> it's EI. He may be standing there looking like he doesn't have a care in the world, but his guard's still up. It's based on a sword technique, but whether it's a hand or sword, when the weapon's brought out, the more motionless you stand, the more force behind the blow. Um, but I, I was just trying to say, I I feel like this is not a real thing. Like, they talk about how it's, like, used as a sword stance, like you can pull a sword out of your pocket. And I feel like there's, there's differences uh, between a sword and your hand, or at, at least for me, I guess. Well, yeah, I I caught that too, and it felt a little bit sort of like a um, what's what's the thing that Jackie Chan does, like drunken kung fu or or something. Hmm. Um, it, it might be something that's like a little more derived from reality and sort of like ported into fiction. At least that's that's kind of what I uh, what I felt about it. Okay, it was pretty impressive though, eh? I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, the idea that you know it's not that he's. Um, winding up at all it's that he's always wound up um i believe was sort of how it was uh described the technique that yeah you don't um, you don't move your hand out of the pocket you move your pocket out of the hand exactly that's right now on the topic of cool hand pockets though there's actually two uh hand pocket instances of course ron is putting his hands in his traditional chinese garb um <laughs> but uh biscuit oliver decides that he's going to copy his opponent's fighting technique Oliver's doing hand pocket! Hey, hey, wow. You're on to something here. This feels pretty good. What what did you think of um Oliver's uh hand pocket? Uh it was it was interesting. Uh it felt very mocking at first. No way! He's mocking Shobun! Get him, Shobun! But I think it uh, he got the hang of it, but it was I suppose it really drove home the point that it wasn't about having hands in pockets specifically and uh i guess that a pocket can be anything if you if you dream hard enough but uh, uh <laughs> that's uh that's sort of the impression i got but you know it was uh, it was a nice touch sort of like a it felt like a tongue in cheek from the from the writers slash animators uh, just to be like uh hey he's going to he's going to do this ridiculous thing now and you're going to sort of accept that he's imitating his opponent's dance even though he's not you know at all wearing garb that contains pockets at all yeah yeah, and, and and just as a reminder, so he's he's wearing a speedo as he does this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You can see the entirety of his ginormous hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so as the fight goes on, Ron shows that he is faster, more skilled. Um, he also shows that Oliver cannot use the hand pocket technique at all. Um, the, <laughs> the, the strength of the technique should be that since your hands are in your pockets, you can quickly move them and block anything, uh, right. which, which Ron does. Oliver just gets punched in the face probably 4,000 times. Why don't you take them out? Huh? You can't counterattack now, so you should at least take your hands out of your pockets, don't you think? Huh? 
If you're standing this close to me, then you ought to be able to punch me in the stomach or kick me in the jewels. At that point, who did you think was going to win this fight? I, 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 the thing is, I felt that Oliver was going to lose, but then I thought more and I thought that that was kind of just like, it was the part in the show where we wait for Oliver to get his comeback. And of course he did, um, yeah. as, as we all saw. Um, it, they did a good job of making it seem like, you know, his backs are against the rope. His back is against the ropes, you know. Um. What a dumbass. Mm. That's what he gets for mocking hand pocket. But I, I think deep down, I thought that Oliver was, was going to come back and win. And, and he did. Yeah. USA. USA. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so Oliver does eventually uh, beat Ron, and he does it um, through the clever uh, technique of just being a hundred times stronger than him, um, <laughs> and uh, bashing his head into uh, Oliver's nose, or uh, Oliver bashing his head into his opponent's nose. Exactly. Although I'm sure Oliver's nose would also be muscular enough to crack through the other guy's skull. <laughs> My, my favorite uh, I, thing was was whenever he headbutted him, he would just say, "You're not smart enough to beat me." Yeah, like, just rubbing it in. <laughs> Face it, you're just not smart enough. Oh, while bashing him in with his head, uh, what a thing to say. And I guess maybe he was sort of referring to like, "You don't get it. Like I am way stronger than you," or or something of that nature. Well, but, you, uh, you know what the crazy thing is? Oliver is probably smarter than him. So th this this is a this is something that is very textual, and there's like, like as in like they keep telling us this, but there's not really a lot of like reason to believe it. But Oliver is uh, very smart. He has a private library that he had built for him, and he's read every oh, book in it. Um, he is a very well-read, cultured man. Um, He's got a weird backstory. He's he's the world's freest man, and he also oh, lives in, he lives in Arizona <laughs> State. Prison. The U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he hates unbelievable. He hates criminals who are not uh, behind bars because they're even more free than he is. <laughs> but theoretically he's he, he is sort of like a renaissance man so like you'd think right that he, and like when he says i'm smart you're not smarter than me like maybe he's right but the way oliver fights is the way that the hulk would fight like he just right yeah he just tank all these hits and then it's like okay are you done hitting me or trying to hit me okay i'm gonna hit you back and destroy you i wanted to just set the scene for this next clip because it's a bit more visual than audio but this is Oliver moving in slow motion as he gets punched about 900 times just to make a point and then hit a guy with a big punch. See an idiot? How come you're so desperate all of a sudden, huh? So you showed me how your hands come out of your pockets. Now, let me show you how it's really done. Slowly, ever so elegantly. So, that's that's unfortunately the the uh, the end of Shobun Ron. He gets um, absolutely demolished. Um, did did you have anything you wanted to add on that fight? Or uh, no, I think. 
cool. I think the uh, end of fight there. Oh, also how um, what was his name? Shobun Ron. Yeah. Um, how at the end his hands are broken. He just keeps just oh like. Oh my god! Yeah. It like smashing these gross, you know, boneless hands, or I guess he still has bones, but broken Probably hands not. into his, you know, just like, uh disgusting. But oh, thanks for good on that. you, Ron. I can't believe yeah. I almost forgot that. Yeah. So. Ron, in last episode, had used his spear hand technique to slice Oliver's flesh. And then in this episode, it turns out Oliver wasn't tensing his muscles. And so now (sighs) Ron breaks every bone in his hand, just colliding with uh, Biscuit Oliver's abs. Uh, Yeah, you don't want to fight that guy. Um, But yeah, so that's that's more or less the fight. Although I I did want to talk about right at the end of the fight, he walks back to the American Japanese Alliance um, and gets some pats on the back, and I just I he had the goofiest like lines like he just walked in and they were like nice job Oliver and he went hee hee <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> nice unchained <laughs> finishing him off with a headbutt to the face. Only a smart ass like you would pull a move like that. Oh. It, it's like I'm watching this and I'm like, this feels weird, but I don't know this character enough to know whether this is a thing or whether it's actually weird. <laughs> it's sort of weird, mostly because like these five dudes, like none of them really know each other that well, and they've just they've become a team. Like it's it's Baki, his dad. Mr. Oliver, Kyo Jaku, and Muhammad Ali Jr. And they've just become like a weird team. So they have these weird friendship moments. Anyway, so moving on to the next, before the next fight, we, uh, I believe, check in with the Chinese coalition. And I guess this is a good question to ask. Like, do, what do you think this tournament is? <laughs> this to me kind of feels like. You know, not in Dragon Ball Super, but in like Dragon Ball Z and also in Dragon Ball, they have whatever the tournament was called there, where they just get a bunch of martial artists. And, you know, looking back, of course, a bunch of them were kind of jank in uh, in Dragon Ball. But, you know, in Dragon Ball Z, we got Vegeta and Goku and mm-hmm. and Trunk. Anyway, um, it feels like that kind of tournament uh, where you're getting, you know, the best martial artists in the world. And, you know, they come in and fight. Like, this is the impression I'm getting. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. So I'll, I'll just flesh it out a bit because to be honest, this is probably good for the listeners too because it's taken a very weird turn of events lately. So this is the Grand Raitai Tournament, which only takes place once every hundred years. Um, and it's where they crown the greatest fighter in China who will be called the Grand Kaio. Um, it was supposed to be like a, a you know a 16 person bracket. But they accidentally invited too many Japanese and American fighters as sort of like, you know, special guests. And then they won all of their fights. So it looks like China's not going to win the Chinese martial arts tournament. Um, So halfway through, they canceled the the bracket and just said it's five Chinese guys against five of the rest of the world. And so... (laughs) I see. Very good. Uh, China was very confident still, even though they've lost like every match. They said we're gonna win the next five, um, and that's <laughs> that's that's why they're a bit rattled when Ron lost. <laughs> I see. So yeah, so so in that scene, we're introduced to, or 
or we get a bit more familiar with Shunsei, uh, who is Kaiokaku's son. Um, I just wanted you to guess, how old do you think that old guy is? Oh, the the old guy in purple who yeah. looks like kind of like a guru-looking dude. Um, yeah. Oh, jeez, it's either like younger than I expect or way older. Three hundred years old. You know, it's not, like bad. That. it's not a bad guess. He's is, that, oh, is he just like eighty or something? <laughs> he's one hundred and forty-six. Oh, like, okay, okay. It's like that's, old that's enough okay. that it's impossible, but not that old. Do you go? Well, that's clearly impossible. It's like oh, okay, <laughs> I see. Okay, that's fair. That's that's within like uh, suspension of disbelief or whatever. Yeah, and it also makes it so that the the Shunsei, his son, he had him when he was one hundred and twenty-one years old. <laughs> great <laughs> yeah so that's so so shunsei um is our next fighter what, what, what do you think of this guy shunsei father you wouldn't take a toy away from your very own son now would you uh he seems confident and muscular initially um mm-hmm. maybe a little hot-headed or something i believe in the like waiting room or change room or wherever they were at that point uh he got t- he got called Tarzan. Yeah, um, like <laughs> it's kind of like a nice uh, nice jab by the uh, localizers, but um, you know actually, he seems. I actually, check the subtitles for that line, and it, they they don't even call him anything. Like they just threw in that Tarzan oh, really? stuff because they probably think he just looks like Tarzan. <laughs> no, that's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> you want me to kill you too? Good luck with that, Tarzan. For reference, the original Japanese is the much more friendly, I'm not your enemy. But no, he seems like maybe a little cocky, not too cocky, just like appropriately confident for his apparent level of strength is kind of how I took him. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I didn't realize that he was going to be fighting against Baki. I, you know, if I had known he was going up against the main character, I probably would have thought that he would have lost. Uh, lost. But, uh, you know, kind of like whoever he's fighting, he's probably going to win. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially because, yeah, he was saying he was going to win. All, he was going to fight the four remaining matches. And also he said he was going to kill all of the other fighters, which. Oh, yes, that's right. Like, uh, he was mentioning that he's gonna, going to uh, kill all of them. So I'm not sure what that's about. One death for each match. I'll kill them. That would be quite a statement, right? All four dead. But that was kind of a shocking thing when we saw the result of the, uh, the fight with Baki. <laughs> Yeah, he he talks a lot of talk. Um, the fight with Baki, um, much like almost every fight in the in the Grand Raitai tournament, is decided in one blow. Um, Baki punches him in the jaw, uh, which, as we get a, a wonderful demonstration on how punching works, um, causes the skull to start moving around, which causes the brain to rattle around, mimicking effects of a concussion. Baki blocks Shunsei's destructive fist and then precisely strikes the tip of Shunsei's jaw, causing his brain to slam into the inner walls of his skull, setting off a cascade effect similar to a pinball game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's, yeah, that's so the entire fight. <laughs> the, uh, the fight was decided pretty, uh, pretty quickly. And honestly, that sequence where they kind of slowed it down and showed it's like, yes, okay, here the brain hits the skull or whatever, you know, and that's what causes these... Uh, concussion um uh symptoms and, and whatnot uh, that, was, that was kind of a neat a neat breakdown from uh from the show i, I enjoyed that oh yeah this show's t- 
a full jammed pack of uh, fun martial arts facts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, no, it was it was great. Um, big win for Baki. Baki just recovered from being poisoned, so he he's had a, a rough run of things lately. So it's good to get a win in for him. Um, right, right. And when and when when I say just, I mean like for, like probably two hours ago. Um, oh jeez. But then he drank poisoned. fourteen kilograms of sugar water, and his muscles came back. <laughs> so <laughs> he's doing good. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, oh, that's hilarious! So at this at this point, the Chinese uh, the Chinese coalition, as they're called, um, is on the back foot. They promised that they would win every single fight, and also this was their plan B. They were getting their ass handed to them so much in the uh, original bracket that they pulled in ringers, changed the format midway, and they still have continued to lose every single match. So their backs against the wall. They pull on uh, our good friend Kaio Retsu to fight uh, some random we met last episode, Kaio Jaku. <laughs> How did you think this fight was going to go? Or what, what did you think of this fight? Because this, this one's pretty wild. I, I, I forget the names. Which one's Kaio Retsu again? Oh, yes, that's fair. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of new names being thrown around. <laughs> Kyo, okay, so Kaio Jaku is the guy with the big bushy beard, um, and Kaio Retsu is the guy who fights him. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Um, so, I mean, the guy with the big bushy beard seems a little starstruck at uh, Kaio Retsu, and, mm-hmm. you know, he goes and grabs his hand and says, you know, let's start this off with a handshake, and I believe he uh, flips Kaio Retsu onto the ground, or attempts to at least. He tries to, yeah. Very unsportsmanlike. Yeah, yeah, not cool. And the audience reacts in kind. uh, Sort of with a colossal not cool man. Um, But he gets counterattacked and thrown to the ground instead. I I actually wrote down a quote from here from the announcer because I just love... I love the announcer of this tournament so much. Um, (laughs) But what a low blow from the Japanese fighter! It's disgusting to see such cowardly tricks! Using a handshake, a ritual of friendship to hide a sneak attack? It's disgraceful! Amazing. <laughs> so yeah. So, what a good quote. So, so Kaio Jaku is a weird guy. He won his first round by uh, pitching a job offer to the guy he was fighting and then dislocating his arm while his brain tried to wrap around what was happening. Um, <laughs> in this round, he goes for the handshake against Kaio Retsu tries to do some weird karate move and gets um, manhandled by Kaio Retsu. As a follow-up, he decides, I'm going to go up and shake Kaio Retsu's hand again. And amazingly, Kaio Retsu shakes his hand again. And the same exact thing happens. I knew you'd do it. You're too honorable not to shake my hand. How foolish! Would, would you be amazed if I told you that the first thing that happens next episode is he goes for another handshake? <laughs> I'm uh, not gonna lie. I started watching the next episode too because it's so good. <laughs> um, so no, I'd not be amazed, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I was amazed at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's uh, it's such a crazy fight. Um, 
and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get the conclusion to this fight next episode. But um, so I, w- I won't ask you who wins because I guess I guess you know who wins the fight. <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good fight. Uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, that, that that's sort of the fight. Uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about in this episode? Any observations I didn't get a chance to touch on? Uh, I actually. I'm curious about the whole idea about them wanting to kill like all of their opponents. Mm, yeah. Is that like a well-known thing or is it like is um, killing allowed in this tournament or is it kind of just like a they have a plan for some reason? Well, theoretically it's allowed cuz they didn't seem to really try and stop Shinsei. Nobody's died yet in this tournament. I will say one guy's face got ripped off, um but Ooh. he's okay now. Yeah, that was it's interesting. Um killing is probably not I would I would say the phrase would be killing is frowned upon. It's um, frowned upon. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Haven't seen anybody do that. It's the, the the stakes in this tournament are weirdly high on one side. It's like five guys on the Chinese coalition who've spent their entire life perfecting Chinese martial arts to win this once in a hundred year tournament. And on the U.S. Japanese side, it's five dudes who sh- who found out about the tournament a week before it started, and um, some of them got like just kidnapped into the tournament. <laughs> so... Jeez. Yeah, it's it, it's great. I I love the ride time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I guess that goes into the question that I love to ask. Now that you've watched an episode, plus some of Rocky, do you think that it is a good show? I think, and I had this thought during, uh, like, while I was watching it, I enjoy it. I think that it's an interesting shonen anime that, um, you know, features martial arts, which I'm sure is a a common trope. But Mm -hmm. watching it, like, even just the first episode, I mean, you, you heard I went and watched another one so i i think it's a good show i would i would probably watch from from the beginning just to see what it's all about yeah go 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 do that and then subscribe to the <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> no it's yeah. it, it's it's my favorite it's i don't, I don't want to say it's my favorite show but you know it's the only show i have a podcast about editor's note i can't believe i got this wrong it's not the only show i made a podcast about <laughs> If you want to watch a show about CBS's and Stephen King's Under the Dome, check out Home Away from Dome on your favorite podcast provider. It's the fun of it is that it is internally consistent. It's sincere about itself, and I never know what's going to happen unless I've spoiled myself. Like the the way that fights happen, the way that people act is just so so interesting to me. <laughs> right. I, I never know. Yeah. Like, gonna go. I don't know. I always appreciate a show that does a good job of uh, making it unpredictable. Like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next? Like, I'm just like, oh, hey, any character could literally die at any point in time. Like, nothing is off the table. I appreciate a show that does that well. And it sounds kind of like this does it in, in some way. Yeah, except nobody ever dies. They just get their face ripped off or they get punched <laughs> so hard they regress to the mind of a five year old. Um, that only happens a few times. <laughs> oh, only a few. <laughs> just, just, just once or twice. Um, uh, amazing. Great. 
Well, thanks for coming on the show, Tim. This was a, a of course. chat. Um, yeah. So uh, just as always a reminder to our listeners, uh, make sure to subscribe because, uh, yeah, well, to be fair, if anybody's, I haven't promoted the show in a while. If anybody's listening, they're subscribed. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, feel free to join the official uh, Baki Taki Discord. Um, it's it's bumping. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all the Baki we've got to talkie. So I'll see y'all next week. Usually people also say bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, <Brighten. laughs>